you know, someone once said that the little things uh, actually matter. And that is 100% true. Uh, the little things do matter. I forgot to check one little box, one tiny one um, on uh, on Zoom. And therefore, you guys can hear the intro song, which is I know the reason uh, the majority of you tune in. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's not true. Uh, but we want to welcome you uh, for joining us. Uh, we want to welcome everybody for connecting with us. If you are connected with us right now uh, via YouTube, I actually have no idea if people are connected to us. Are they? Yes, they are. Okay, there it is. Um, yeah, it's just kind of kind of all, all weird and everything this this uh, afternoon. Um, Martin, Martin, it's so good to see you. Hey, we need to get this guy a shirt. We're, we're, well, you know what? Hey, we I think about you guys some shirts. Yeah, I, yeah, I take it back. Look, I mean, I have my shirt. I just couldn't wear it today. But um, I mean, even Jason doesn't have a shirt and he's been on for like five months. Look, just give me just give me Jason's shirt, bro. Really, though, <laughs> if he's not going to use it, I'll use it. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Martin, welcome back. And for those of you who may not know, you, um, you know, we are we are working uh, as much as we can to make Martin a uh, a regular contributor. I never even thought I'd use those words like before, but that's that's <laughs> really what we have to say. Uh, we're, uh, just just part of the keep calm and Advent on family, like all of you are for that matter. But you know, we just want to make sure that uh, uh, that you guys are all aware, right? That we have now four squares on the screen and not that weird three where you don't know who's going to end up on top and who's going to end up on bottom. So that's always that's always nice. Anyway, doesn't say um, guess. And it does not say it guess. Does, yeah. it does not say guess. Um, uh, Andrew, Jason, Martin, how are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Hey, are we going to have to get Martin a members only jacket? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. A, a, a keep calm only uh, 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 jacket. I, I was about to say, wait a minute, we're, we have jackets too? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm totally out of the loop here. This is not good at all because I would like a members only jacket too. Um, no, yeah, it's more, uh, the more merch, the better. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, anyways, it's a, it's a good Sabbath. We are at a different hour. So this is something a little new for us. Uh, but we hope that you will not fall asleep because I know Sabbath lunches. Okay. I know for Martin, it's like Sabbath dinner, but for us over here, it's Sabbath lunch. And let me tell you, I ate some flautas that my mother-in-law made and, uh, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. If I start, if I start falling asleep during, during this live stream, you know, you know, you know, it's a, it's that Sabbath nap time. You know what? If you start falling asleep, I'm going to put you big on the screen so everybody can see. So don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but anyways, we we are um, we are happy and thankful that you are connected with us today. We hope that today is going to be a blessing for all of you. We also hope that today is going to be something real for all of you, because the conversation that we have today is probably not the easiest one to have. And it's a little little tough to go from, you know, just just being happy about this. And that's why everybody's so serious this uh this afternoon because it is a serious conversation. Uh, but uh, we are hoping that, um, I, you know, I don't know how long this time is going to go on for. Our plan is to go till about 4.30 or so. And uh, we do hope that uh, you will be active in our conversation as much as possible as we talk about this issue known as depression. Um, but before we begin, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. Uh, want to jump into that. Uh, Jason, I see you smiling. So yeah, it's cause I was talking, I've been talking this whole time. I just noticed oh, you have my no. mute button was on my mic. <laughs> One job, bro. One like you job. said, Mitch, the little things, little things. Man. No, I was saying in the comments, Jaylene put still haven't gotten my mercy shirt. Who is she referring to there? 
I have no clue. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I have I don't even know there was a jacket, so don't look at me for that. I, I think the only person right there responsible is Andrew because he, he knows what are you guys talking about. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Where's this merch coming from? <laughs> in the in, in the words of Martin, Andrew, you had one job. One job. Bro. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm gonna throw you guys out there. You guys have one job. Send me those polos and I'm gonna I'll put them on there. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Anyways, uh, but Jason, since you've been talking all this time and uh, we don't want to uh, lose your voice there, how about you lead us with prayer this this afternoon and uh, that way we can jump into this. All right, let's go ahead, guys. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another Sabbath that you've given us, another day where we could specifically just spend time with you. Now, Lord, as we're about to dive into this conversation, I, be a, I pray that it be a conversation that is guided by you, Lord. And you know that the topic we're about to touch is actually a very, uh, excuse the word, but a very touchy subject, Lord. I pray that we could speak about it correctly and that it be guided by you and that could really help not just us, but also anybody who views this video. I ask for all these things in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 And once again, we want to welcome all of you that are watching us. I'm, I'm already now I'm connected here so I can see. Uh, welcome to Jessica. Welcome to Martin. Martin, there's somebody else. Out there no. using your uh, is, there, is there an imposter? Say, oh yeah, no, I, I just thought somebody oh. had hacked her account. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Uh, Isaura, we want to welcome Isaura, Jaylene, obviously, my wife Angie, and anybody else. If you are watching us, you know, just give us a uh, a shout out. Let us know uh, where you're watching us from. That's always nice to know as well. But again, we we thank you for connecting with us, and also for all those who are going to be watching us later on, because I think that's also important. Yes, and Angie brings up an important point that you are still watching Keep Calm and Advent on Conversations with Jam. It's just that now it literally has two M's. Okay? <laughs> and, that, and, and, and that was on purpose so that we don't lose the jam there. When we're discussing other members, this actually came into the topic. We said, can, can, can we adjust this name? Yes. Can we allow for this? Totally, totally. And let me tell you something. I will tell you guys. I, I didn't say I mentioned this to Andrew or Jason, but I had this weird idea that instead of calling you Martin, we'd call you Zelaya. And mm -hmm. so we would be jams, jams with a Z. Jams. Okay? <laughs> but I realized that that just would open up, you know, things. When, I was anyway. thinking that you guys would get somebody with an S. That'd be jams with an S. Yeah, but yeah. Z sounds no. Z's, Z's a little bit more hip. Hip. Sure. It's a little sure. hip. <laughs> for sure. Um. Anyways, and, and Jasmine, I see you also with uh, with a happy Sabbath. So we thank you uh, for watching. Um. So we want to begin uh, by saying two things. Number one, uh, we just want to start this conversation with a caveat. So if uh, if you're watching right now or if you're watching later on once it's recorded, um, uh, we want to just say from what perspective we're coming from. And, and it's very important. We want to be very clear on this. We are not psychological professionals. We are not psychotherapists. We're not clinical professionals. Uh, so when we talk about the issue of depression, the title of today's conversation is Burden of the Minds. When we talk about this, we're not coming from that medical perspective. As you guys know, what we try to do is bring awareness to certain topics but we're trying to allow scripture allow the things that scripture has impressed on us and the spirit of prophecy for that matter uh and and obviously experiences that we've had as youth leaders martin as a pastor myself as a pastor as well uh about this issue so let's just be very clear from the very beginning that if you are dealing with depression and we mean the one where you need a medical diagnosis, the one that has just taken over and there is nothing at all that motivates you or pushes you, you need to get medical help. You need to get professional help. 
and we encourage that. We'll probably be coming back to that throughout the conversation. Can uh, I push back on job. that already? No, you cannot push back on that. That <laughs> no. is that is a statement of fact. We don't want to. No, I, I only say this because there's some people out there that say that, um, that you know, to get to, to, to go to someone else outside of God, you know, for, for, uh, uh, for help to go mm. clinical help, mm. you know, and that might be something we might get into. Uh, it, we will, it, it, definitely. Here. But definitely. I just want to throw that out there because there are some people that say that. Yes, you know? definitely, definitely. Um, so even in that statement saying, oh, you know, go get clinical help, there might be some people that are, that might be against that. So sure. just to throw that out Sure. I think I think um, at least from our perspective, uh, if you have that opinion, we invite you to listen to this conversation because I think this conversation will comment. enlighten you. Yeah. And 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 definitely comment by all means. Mm -hmm. But but, you know, this is our recommendation. And I can speak on my behalf as a pastor. There are things that I can help with and there are things that I cannot help with. And uh, I know my limitations. And whenever there is a serious case, the moment that we're talking about issues that even could lead to to suicide, it is not time to mess around. It is time to get help, right? Um, and I think we're all in agreement with that. But we are going to get into this this issue that the a lot of people will say because what Andrew brings up is absolutely valid. Um, the other thing is that why this conversation? So guys, check this out, and this is what will open up our conversation here. September second, twenty twenty. Okay, so just what uh, seventeen days ago. A study was published by BU, Boston University, uh, that said that there has been an increase in depression in the past few months, specifically during this time of pandemic. Okay? No surprise there, obviously, right? Not this is what all. the study found. Uh, the number of adults experiencing depression in the U.S. has tripled. According to this major study, uh, researchers estimate that more than one in four U.S. adults now report experiencing symptoms of depression, not necessarily that they are in full-blown depression, but definitely symptoms of it, maybe even dealing with it. Um, and if you want percentages, here you go. Some of you work better with percentages. Before the pandemic, 8.5% of U.S. adults reported being depressed, 8.5. That number rose to 27.8 wow. during this struggle with the pandemic. So wow. we know that depression has been a problem. We know now that depression has become an even bigger one. And I would venture to say that someone that is watching us, maybe someone that will watch us at some point, may have dealt with something like that. I would assume that among us, we, have, we may have dealt, maybe not necessarily with a medical diagnosis, but with feelings that are very similar, right? With things that we feel that are very similar to that. So uh, again, we not only want to bring awareness to everybody that's watching us about this uh, top topic, we want to talk about it, obviously. And uh, that pushes us to our very first question. And I think it's the opening question, the one that we have to uh, establish very quickly, which is what is ultimately depression? When we say depression, what are we talking about? So uh, Andrew, Jason, uh, Martin, Martin, I would have told you first, but you're no longer a guest. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, who wants to give it a shot? What do we understand as depression? I'll leave right. it to the, to the, you know, to the original three to go first. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, um, directly from um, the National Institute of Mental Health, um, there's not, there's, well, first off, we have to like recognize there's different types of depression. That's like the first thing in, in the overview that they put in their website. That's the first thing it says that there's different types. But um, it, it really sums it down to being 
a common but serious mood disorder. Because that's really what depression is. It's just, it's your mood. It, it's, it's either your, it changes how you think, how you feel, your want to do your daily activities, um, down to things such as like sleeping or eating, things like that, like very like common things that you do every day. It changes your mood towards those things. Yeah, um, God, I just wanted to add in there. You know, uh, we were, I was talking to you guys about a little bit about this before we uh, came on the live stream. You know, I think that we can separate it. We could probably separate, separate it into uh, probably more categories than we're even aware of. You know, uh, usually we'll, we'll, we'll separate into two categories. But, you know, I was telling you guys, I think there's even probably even three categories, right? Because sometimes we get uh, uh, what is called discouragement, right? And we sometimes we, how would you say it? We lump it up with depression in, in, in some sense, right? But um, I think from what I've been reading around, you know, there's there's discouragement, then there's depression, then there's clinical depression, right? And I read a, actually an article here that um, kind of gives a little bit of a, a definition. It says, it says, I want to mention the difference between discouragement and depression. Discouragement is something we all deal with. Life's battles and trials cause us to have emotional scrapes and bruises but discouragement goes away in a few days and we move on. Clinical depression doesn't move on, but many times becomes worse if left untreated, right? And uh, this is where I kind of wanted to split it up into even uh, two categories, right? The depression and then well, if left untreated can turn into a clinical depression where we're, you know, uh, there there is no on or off switch. It's just always down 24 seven. I think uh, to even round this off uh, even more, I got a definition from Google, right, uh, says depression is feelings of severe despondency and dejection, right? So um, I, I told you guys, I, I'm not an English major by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination. So I looked up the words dejection and despondency. So it says feelings of severe, dis severe despondency and dejection. Dejection meaning a sad and depressed state, low spirits. And despondency uh, uh, says here, a state of low spirits caused by loss of hope or courage. Mm. So depression, in essence, if we run, uh, sum it up in this definition, feelings of severe, severely low spirits, you know, caused by hope or loss of hope or courage. Um, I have another definition that might actually, I think, bridge uh, both Andrews and Jason's. This is actually from the American Psychiatric Association says depression and now this is being specific major depressive disorder is a common which is crazy a common and serious mental illness that neg negatively affects how you feel the way you think and how you act and this is what it keeps saying depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities once enjoyed it can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease a person's ability to function at work and at home. And then it gives a, a man, I, I would say at least 10 different symptoms. But uh, I would I would agree with what uh, Andrew says that, you know, um, there are certain levels, right? Of, of that we have the major one, right? That, that That's clinical depression. And then you have the one where you, where you are exhibiting symptoms of 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 losing hope of of being discouraged that will if left un if left untreated or undealt with if you're not dealing with those with those feelings will lead you to 
clinical depression. Yeah, those are those are um, uh, all good. I I, I want to go ahead and, and and actually read the symptoms if I can, uh, Martin. Um, yeah, go ahead. I think it's it's important that we're aware. Um, uh, again, this is from the uh, APA as well. Uh, depression symptoms can vary from mild to severe. By the way, I, I thought that's I think that's a good way also of distinguishing what we're talking about when we say mm -hmm. these levels, right? Uh, what we're saying essentially is that there is such a thing as a mild depression. Uh, and there is such a thing as a severe depression, right? Um, and both both are uh, can have a negative effect on your on your life, obviously. Uh, but you can see that progression from something that you know is 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 maybe you're dealing with, and you're you're no maybe nobody knows, and then something that just completely knocks you out. But notice this: uh, symptoms can include uh, feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed. Changes in appetite, weight loss, or gain, uh, which is unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity, so hand wringing or pacing, uh, or slowed movements and speech, and those are actions that can be observed by somebody else, feeling worthless or guilty. And that one I think is important, that, that, that guilty one. And I think we, we have to at some point explore that. Um, difficulty thinking, concentrating, making decisions, thoughts of death or even suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, what the APA says is that essentially these symptoms have to last consistently for two weeks for there to actually be a diagnosis. So if it's something that is around for a few days is one thing. But another thing is once it has become something persistent or something chronic, right, uh, then we have an issue. Uh, so, so I, I almost want to just challenge everyone to kind of look at their lives, right? I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think about this, but look at your life for a moment because we've all been dealing with the pandemic and ask yourself, am I experiencing any of these things? That doesn't necessarily mean you have depression, right? Mm -hmm. But it should be kind of like a, a little, a little factor and indicator, right? That says, Hey, maybe I got to explore what's going on more. Right? Yeah. You know what? That was interesting with you that you said that after about uh, three weeks, that's when the, you can begin a diagnosis of that. You know, I, I think that we put it how we've been uh, kind of giving all these uh, different definitions. So then in, in that case, from a, from a medical or a clinical standpoint, we could say after about three weeks of these, that's when you have to start thinking about, okay, this is something, a depression that, you know, not, you know, as opposed to a discouragement, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can be discouraged about your favorite team losing the championship Sure. you know, or, or, or whatever, or be discouraged about something or, or really down about something. And then maybe a day or two, you know, you can cope with that. But then once it starts reaching three weeks, a uh, couple months, then, then you're starting to deal with yeah. something completely different. And that's what we're talking about, uh, I guess, in depression. You yeah, there was, go, go ahead, go Martin. Go no, ahead. I, I just wanted to point out something quick uh, in all the definitions, you know, because I think our understanding of depression has actually gotten better. Mm, yeah. Um, because if we've, we go back uh, 20 years, 10 years, depression was always associated with loneliness, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. feeling abandoned or feeling alone or feeling that no one cares. I think for the majority of our definitions that we have, which mind you, being alone can also lead to depression. You mm -hmm. know, if you're mm -hmm. constantly alone, you know, or constantly feel rejected, all those things. Uh, but at least the major, the you know the the American Psychiatric Association, the mental health, the one that Jason read, um, they don't involve loneliness, which I think mm. is interesting. 
you know, because you can be depressed and surrounded by people. Sure. You can feel discouraged and be, uh, be, and, and, and have like, and, and, and almost fake, right. Being surrounded by people and like, Oh no, him. No, no. I think more, I think now we, we begin to look a little bit, a little bit uh, closer to people, how they act both by themselves and within a group and start to actually pay attention to what they say. Um, yeah. You know, uh, listening, listening to people, what they talk about, how they respond, how they do that will also give us indicators, or at least uh, show us that, you know, maybe something's not right with him or her, you know, right. which I, th- which right. I think is, it's also important for us to point out. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to add uh, right before you said that, and but I think it's a, it's a good segue um, you know how it is like whenever you start feeling symptoms, you Google it and probably the most important or not the most important, but the most popular web page out there is WebMD. Right? <laughs> and uh, everybody laughs. Yeah, everybody it, knows. It, it has, I think it's literally become the term, right? It's like, uh, I got I, I to WebMD it. Hey, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you're, you're like, oh, you you know, my head hurts. I have a brain aneurysm. WebMD. WebMD, everything leads to cancer on WebMD. It's, 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 it's so bad. That's the problem with <laughs> diagnosing yourself. <laughs> yeah, you should not be diagnosing yourself. But I did find something interesting in WebMD uh, that there, and this, I'm literally reading this from their webpage that says that there are a few types of depressive disorders hmm. that doctors can diagnose. And that was actually mind blowing to me. Check this out. Un, a unipolar major depression. That means it's not a product of, of being bipolar. That means you, you have, everything is fine, right? But you're suffering major depression. I think that's the one that we're probably most familiar with that people experience a lot of times. But then there is persistent depressive disorder. And this is something that'll last for over two years. Um, There's disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. And check this out. This is when children and teens get very cranky, angry, and often have intense outbursts that are more severe than a child's typical reaction. Hey, those are not berrinches? And in Spanish, we would probably call (laughs) them berrinches, right? But, but But it's not, it seems like it's something, based on what I'm reading here, that it is an intense outburst that just doesn't measure up to what their normal outburst would be, right? So this is just okay. something overly aggressive. And you're like, where'd this come from? Beyond berrinche. Yeah, okay. it's beyond hey, berrinche. What if, what, if, what if someone says, uh, don't go uh, for clinical help, the chancla will fix that? Well, look, I, 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 don't, I don't know how much the chancla can fix, to be honest with you, but I, I'm not I'm not a Hispanic mother here, but I, I can tell you my own experience. No, but there's also for women, there's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, there is substance induced mood disorder. OK, so there's also is, postpartum. There's a postpartum depression. That's right. This one is not in there, but but there's also that. Um, Again, there's a substance induced. That means, you know, probably dealing with addiction, things like that. You know what's uh, crazy though? Right now that you yeah. say substance induced, yeah. it's one of the people that I was talking to about this, something that could trigger that. It could be a, something to it for all you people that drink coffee. Mm. Caffeine mm. could also make you fall into that category of sus- substance abuse depression. So That's are you picking on the, the, the coffee drinkers? Because it could be any well, substance. And no, but it, like the main the main thing, like caffeine, it's usually it's either energy drinks or it's coffee. That's usually where you get it from. But in general, caffeine is one of the substances that could lead to that. Hey, hey, that's a, that's intense, bro. I mean, uh, I'm going to let you own that one. Number one. And number two, uh, bring out an it is written. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, but you know what? <laughs> 
you know what? There's a reason. There's a reason that we push healthy living, Jason. Right. I yeah. mean, this is one yeah. of those reasons why. Absolutely. Uh, and there's also depressive disorder due to another medical condition. So there may be something else that you're dealing with medically and that leads to depression. Um, I do want to add on here. Uh, recently, I've been reading a book on the truth about marijuana. And this is what what the media and, and everybody else doesn't want to tell you. This was written by an ex New York Times writer. And uh, even marijuana can lead to depression. Uh, statistically speaking, a lot of people who suffer from depression are also smoking marijuana. So, uh, you know, so many different things. But again, this is more about letting you know that this is a big issue, like, and it can uh, manifest itself in many different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I totally thought I was going to go a, a different direction. I'm glad you didn't, Mitch. Oh, go a different direction. Where? <laughs> I thought, no. thought you were going to. Uh, His fear was talking. about Come marijuana. Come on, yeah, dude. yeah. Come on, I was bro. like, what, what's going on here? What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, bro. I'm Legalize it. Faster, man. I think there was another stat that... Um, hey, man, you'll be surprised. Yes, that's true. A stat that, that Angie just wrote on on, on the on the comments says one in, four, one in four Americans ages 18 to 24, which is crazy, consider suicide in the past month, according to the U.S. Center of Disease Control. Um, and she says she's seen it in her own profession. Um, and then Jaylene wrote, also the fear of not fitting in or making someone or making uh, someone proud or, of you, or, someone proud of you can also lead not making right. okay yeah, yeah um you know uh can lead someone to crazy. to depression that's crazy absolutely it's it's something again that we want you to be aware of if you are watching us right in fact i want to encourage you that if you are watching us right now share this conversation with mm -hmm. someone i think it's important I know we may say that in other instances, but this is one of those things where it is affecting 25% of the American population. It's not a joke. It's not a mm -hmm. joke. So um, again, these are definitions. And again, we're not clinical professionals, so uh, we, we, can't, we can't speak too much on, these, on the definitions themselves or how to medically diagnose them. But we do want to talk about what happens biblically on the topic of depression, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to know from you guys, what, what do you guys... Feel that the Bible tells us or does not tell us or wh whatever it is that you've seen in your own uh, scripture and devotional life about depression. What does the Bible tell us about depression? Uh, Martin, me, you, you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, you know, um, my wife and I read, uh, there's a matutina that we read, you know, and they go by certain themes. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in, in scripture, just like in a lot of the, the, like in this Mantutina, it's almost like it's encouraging. They're trying to encourage, 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 encourage. Um, so it's almost like what, what the Bible is giving us mm. is a preventative measure to not fall into depression. Mm. You know, um, and, and this really, uh, for example, at least for me, hits home because um, there's a brother in my church that, uh, that he's in, he just had an operation for cancer, you know, um, and he's taking natural remedies and all that stuff, you know, and, and, but what he's not doing is going into, at least not yet into the, the chemotherapy and all that. He wants only, uh, natural remedies, which is great. Um, but a lot of those remedies are, are mostly preventive. Right. And I believe the same thing when it comes to what the Bible tells us regarding how we should feel, how we should search the Lord, how we should look for the Lord, how when we feel down, you know, we, uh, what we're going to be talking about, you know, different examples in the Bible. I think the Bible, what it tries to do is tries to prevent us from falling into depression. Mm. Now, there are instances where in case we are dealing with anxiety or in case we're feeling low, we have examples of what those 
characters, what those people did, um, so they can so they can come out of with the Lord's help, come out of the depressive state. At least that's what what I've I've uh, so far learned. You know. Sure. Sure. What say you guys, Jason? You wanted to I mean, say something. I'm very I'm very on par with Martin. What he's saying, and I mean the Bible does. Obviously, there's no clear word for like the Bible saying, oh, this is depression, you know, mm-hmm. but like if we read with certain characters, with certain things that they went through, it's like you could kind of, you could kind of like add one plus one and see that it could have led them to depression. Look at Job, for instance, look at, look at his life. He even had people come and tell him, like, dude, you messed up. Like God is mistreating you. Like God is sending these things your way because you, you messed up. And then we could also look at King David would look at throughout the entire book of psalms and how those fluctuate like there's somewhere you could tell the guy is going through it hard and then the next one he's super happy worshiping god like even he went through it like there's so many characters in the bible that you see that from um and then if you look in the new testament at least at least at least in the little video the little clip i did last friday um well that we posted this week i read philippians 4 um 4 6 it's the same thing it talks about being anxious like give it to god like there's no clear word of saying like look this is depression but what we do get from the bible is that no matter what we're going through we kind of have to give it to god like it could be i I was talking to my girlfriend's dad um and he was telling me some a piece of advice that i would give someone going through depression going through this is like one thing i can't understand you i can't but somebody that can is god Mm. and that that, that, that that honestly like i think to, at least for someone that's a christian that's going through depression or that it might feel like if they're like if the feelings of depression someone that will understand you is god like it could be because so some of the examples that, that that i was given was like if you tell someone like oh don't worry about it it will get better mm. that person could clearly answer back saying okay i've been waiting for a few months now i've been waiting so and so long it hasn't gotten better like we we personally don't understand it because we we're not going through it and we don't know what's going on in that person's head but god does yeah um you know that that's interesting you know um and as i think about uh my own personal experience you know uh, i don't know well most of us know you know what my family went through and just for those those who are, are are viewing you know i think uh you know, I just wanted to, to share this because I feel like this is something that could hopefully help someone that has been going through this. You know, about a year and a half ago, uh, my family lost my brother to suicide. And um, it hit us hard. It, it put me in a very depressive state. I, 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 I've talked to, I know I talked to Mitchell about this, you know, and um, it's interesting when we look at the Bible and some of the characters that are in the Bible and and how we how we manage through this depression, I think it's huge. I actually want to bring up a, a, a verse from the Psalms, like uh, Jason was saying, right, uh, of King David, because I think it correlated so so closely to what I was experiencing when I went through depression. And and by the way, you know, for someone who had who went through a a a um, a time of a months of depression, I would say that. You know, there are still scars there that are left from that depression to this day where I'm still working my way back, you know, in, in some sense. And it, 
it's just scarred me completely. And I think when uh, I was, we're going to read this verse that, that, um, the, that David writes here, I correlate so much with it, with this verse. It's found in um, Psalms 143, one through 12. And, um, and this is what it says. It says, um, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. It says, for the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Right. I just want to pause here. Right. And and what, what David is saying here. Right. You know, and, and this could be uh, one of the many times that he was on the run could have been uh, uh, from Saul or whatever it may be. Right here says, for the enemy enemy has pursued my soul. He's saying the word soul, right? And to me, it's almost like he's not even worried about the people who are actually pursuing him, the Sauls, the, the army, the different, the, the, the people that were after him. But it says, for the enemy has pursued my soul. He's talking about someone very different, right? The enemy to the soul. It says, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those who are long dead, right? So a, a feeling of loneliness, of, of being alone, like, right? Kind of like what um, Martin was saying earlier. It says, therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I, and this is, this is huge when I read this. It says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Selah says, answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide, hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. It says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for, you, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for you I lift up my soul. And it says, deliver me from my enemies, O Lord, I have fled to you for refuge. It says, teach me to do your will, for, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. It says, for your name's sake, O Lord, I preserve my life in your righteousness. Bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love, it says, in your steadfast love, you will cut off my enemies and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. For I am your servant. Right. And when we think about depression, right, it's something much deeper than something physical. It's something that is attacking your soul. We know the Bible says that it is a, a spiritual warfare. You know, sometimes when we're in this uh, uh, place of depression, it feels like demons are, are, are keeping you in this place. And, and what I correlate so much about this with what David is saying here, it says, he has mid, uh, it says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I remember being in this place of depression. Right. And, and a lot, and this is one of the things that people say, you know, and maybe we'll get it to this where people say, Oh, well, if you're depressed, it's because you don't have enough faith. And I, and, and I remember thinking to myself where I was before my brother took his life. And I felt like spiritually I was on top of the world. I felt like God was using me. I felt like I felt the, the power of the Holy spirit. I, I felt like, you know, I, I was preaching at different places. I felt like I was, uh, you know, doing Bible studies. I was doing all these different things. And I felt like spiritually I was on top of the world. 
And then when this happened, it hit me like a ton of bricks, right? And people that say, oh, well, it's because you don't have enough faith, right? You don't have enough trust in God. I would literally sit there in my room and open up my Bible just to read the words of the Bible and for them not to sink in. I would literally close my eyes and pray to God. And it felt like I was praying to no one. Like I was praying to the wall. Like my words were not sinking in. And I was doing all the right things, right? I felt like I was doing all these things, putting my faith, all my trust. And just like David, it says, I remember the days of old. Meditate on all that you have done. All I could meditate were on the things that God had done for me in the past. Those were what were keeping me afloat. He says, my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord, I, if my spirit fails. I felt like at that time that in prayer, in reading the Bible, I would do this. And it's like there was demons or there was a, a depression over me where like there was a blockade between me and God, right? Mm -hmm. So this, I, I, I think it, when we say, oh, well, you know, it's because you don't have faith, you don't have trust. You know, I put, I use my own experience and I think to myself, like, well, I felt like I wasn't spiritually in this highest place. And still, even when I felt to this place of depression, I was trying to put my trust in God and I was doing all the right things we say in quotation, right? And just like David here, there are times where we feel like we don't hear God, right? Mm. And I think that this is huge. This is a huge lesson that, that, that we can we, that, that we can take here, you know, when we're talking about depression, just because, you know, uh, you fall into depression does not mean that you don't have faith, does not mean that you don't have a trust in God, does not mean that some people are not struggling with that. You know, sometimes we fall in this place and the enemy wants to keep us down so bad that we can't hear the voice of God sometimes. Sometimes uh, uh, reading the Bible, you know, like I said, I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't pray. Even though I was doing these things, I felt nothing, right? And I think that sometimes when we, we say that, I think we, we make a mistake in, in saying that. And maybe I jumped to it a little bit early, but I just wanted to share that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said that, though, because something we also have to distinguish, too, is that a lot of people, like, will go straight to say, like, oh, it's because that person's, like, weak-minded. No, that, that, that depression doesn't, doesn't choose and select who it wants to go to. It could be someone that's really strong-willed, and it, it could go to someone that's really weak-willed. Just like Andrew was saying, it could be someone that has a lot of faith in God. It's just that they go through a bad moment. That, that's it. it. But, but, can I, but can I ask you guys, um, and this is just to maybe to clear this up, I don't know. Um, is this a spiritual thing? Is this a spiritual issue? What do you mean? Yeah. Is depression a spiritual issue? Um, what if what if the question gets rephrased just a little different? Sure. It's uh, can it be a spiritual issue? Yeah, exactly. Of, well, well, well. Let me tell you why I would I would I would walk away from that definition necessarily, because I, I'm I'm asking Jason uh, Andrew brought up something very interesting right when he said that he felt I don't think you said it was demon possession. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm quoting you correctly. No, 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 no. almost not felt. possession. It just felt like. Like there was a blockade there. Right, there was something, right. there was a force there that was not allowing me to read the scripture. That was not allowing me to pray or it Correct. was, it was not sinking in my mind, you know? Right, 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 right. And, and, and then you said spiritual warfare and see and that, and that's where the question popped in. I said, is depression 
an issue of spirituality? Is it an issue of faith? I know that we say we shouldn't tell someone, hey, you just don't have, you don't have, you know, you don't have enough faith or you need to have more faith. But I'm asking you guys, is it an issue of faith? Mercy. Um, I, I think it comes along with it. I think, uh, I don't think you can talk about depression without and, and separate the two, two things. I think that, you know, whatever it may be, we, we have to tie those things in, in spiritually, at least if we're Christians, we have to see how the enemy attacks, you know, and I believe that this is one of the ways that he does attack. As a matter of fact, I believe this is one of the, the ways that he keeps people from having that connection from with God. I think I, so. I, I think it could be, but also, I mean, for clinical diagnosis, sometimes it's really your, your it's, it's something physiological, it's something because your brain isn't running is it running at 100 that could also cause depression that's why and for those instances i can't say it's 100 like it's a spiritual thing because it's not because it could be it could be like in andrew's case it could have been going that direction but people that literally have neurological problems that go through depression it's not because they don't have faith it's not a faith to me it doesn't it's, it doesn't point towards it being a faith issue or a spiritual issue it, See, to me it literally yeah. points to something being physiological mm -hmm. Yeah. See, look, I, I, I don't, I, and, and Andrew, I don't, I don't mean to psychoanalyze anything that's going, that happened with you, but you were mourning, bro. You were in grief. Sure. Right. And, and at some point I, 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 I feel like those are natural human reactions. Let me, let me give you guys my point of view, at least with what scripture does. You know, it, it, I like to say that scripture is a human book and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't have a, um, uh, a divine origin. What I'm trying to say is that scripture was intended for humans, right? It was intended. Let me be even more clear. It was intended for fallen humans, mm -hmm. right? Sinful human beings. It was written. God used prophets who were sinful themselves. They weren't perfect in the process. And so when you start looking at that, you start seeing that scripture is pretty clear about the human experience. It's pretty clear about what happens in a sinful world. And I, and I think that's very important because when you look at David, David, I think is a classic example because we have so much of his writings, right? It's almost like he's writing a journal poetically. Check Psalms 38 out. I'm going to read this to you guys. Verses five through eight. Psalms chapter 38, verses five through eight. And you're going to tell me what this sounds like to you. You guys are not doctors, but just out of the little that we know on this issue, tell me what this sounds like to you. He says in verse five, my wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long, I go about mourning. My back is filled with a searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like that severe depression that we were talking about, where it's not just affecting his own heart. It's affecting everything on him physically. Now, I do, this, is, this, this would be my argument here because I know there's a question as to whether or not depression is a sin. Ivan also asked the question, does depression have, have to always be a bad thing? And my argument is that I don't think he is saying this is neither right nor wrong. I think he's simply acknowledging this is part of the human experience, mm -hmm. right? I don't think it's necessarily an issue of, of, uh, of, of faith. Look, I remember when we had prayed for so many years that you know my, my wife gets pregnant and we have a son or, or a daughter, it doesn't matter, child, right? My wife gets pregnant 
We're all excited. We tell the family. And then all of a sudden, miscarriage happens. It's craziness, right? Now, in the grand scheme of things, maybe in comparison to what you went through, Andrew, doesn't mean much, right, uh, with, 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 uh, with your brother. But for us, right, it meant a lot. I remember what happened after that. I remember we cried. I remember we, we, we were in mourning. We felt like even though that baby was never in our hands, we felt like it was, it was like something was taken away from us. And, and if someone were to come up to me and tell me, like you guys have said, right, oh, you just don't have enough faith. Oh, it's because you're, you're, you're spiritually weak. I don't know how I would have reacted. Thankfully, nobody said that to me. But man, let me live out my human experience. This is who I am. This is, this is part of what we experience left and right. So what I'm trying to say is that in, in regards to this issue of whether or not it is a spiritual thing, not, I believe in some cases it could be. I don't think you can apply that to all cases across mm, the board. Sure. Right? I believe that there are some cases where it is just simply part of the human experience and and our, our goal is to to uh to deal with and cope with the human experience which let's be honest man being being a human being in a fallen world is brutal it is not an easy thing yeah i, I, don't, I don't know I wanna, what you guys think about that yeah no yeah i i think you're absolutely right like we were saying i don't think we're we're dealing with the 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 clinical side right we're putting that in its own category that we're not uh, uh, you know, that's an, it, it's, it's on the, uh, uh, what we're not, I guess, dealing with here. I think we're dealing with the other depression here. And uh, there's a quote here that uh, Ellen White has, right? And we know that she actually went through depression as well. And I think that mourning can be a type of depression, right? That I, I think that, that that's the first, that, that's why we're, we're separating these two, a, a depression, right? There's discouragement, depression, and then there's clinical depression, mm. which is the far, uh, 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 end of the spectrum, and that's why I I I put them in those three separate categories because I do believe that mourning can be a type of depression, and if left unchecked, like we're saying, mourning can lead to people that can never let that go, and that's all. And and to be honest, as someone who's lost someone, it's something that you're never gonna lo- let go. It's always gonna it's gonna be scarred there forever, right? And, and but there there's that like we said that leads to that de- clinical depression. But uh, look at what Ellen White. And, and if you guys know anything about Ellen White, of course, we know that she she lost many, uh, you know, of her kids. She went through all kinds of depression as well through her, her illness and all these things. She says, this is what she writes. It says, it is not a common thing for me to be overpowered and to suffer so much depression, so much depression of spirit as I have suffered for the last few months. Just stop there. She says, for the last few months, this wasn't a discouragement of like a couple of days. It wasn't even three weeks, like Mitch said, which was a diagnosis, right? Uh, the, the minimum diagnosis count, right? This was a, a month, right? It says, I would not be found to trifle with my own soul and thus trifle with my savior. I would not teach that Jesus has risen from the tomb and that he is ascended on high and lives to make intercession for us before the Father unless I carry out my teaching by practice and believe in him for his salvation, casting my helpless soul upon Jesus for grace, for righteousness, peace, and love. I must trust in him irrespective of the changes of my emotional atmosphere. I must show forth the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So she's going through this depression state. So there is some spiritual aspects that are tied in. And like we said, we can't tie, we can't put depression and say, this is across the board. Of course, of course, I don't think we're saying that, right? 
but there is a, a, a spiritual aspect that she said she was dealing with this for months. And at the same time, she felt uh, 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 something tearing between her soul because the practice of the message of Jesus Christ was something that was in between uh, her emotions. And she ultimately says, you know, I must trust in him irrespective of the changes of my emotional atmosphere. I must show forth the praises of him who called me out of darkness into mar his marvelous light. I don't know. It's interesting. What do you guys think? I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's an example that it can be something spiritual. And if we look in the Bible, we have the story of Job. His was literally something spiritual. You really think that guy did not go through depression with everything that was happening to him, losing all his kids at one time, all, all these things happening to him, everything. And for him, it was literally something because the, 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 how the Bible tells us it was something that was spiritual so that it can be spiritual. It can be. But, but, um, but like, I mean, one of the, I think one of the advantages, I guess you could count it as an advantage of being a Christian is knowing that, that you have God on your side. Hmm. That, 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 that's, 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 um, something that like, I, I kind of realized today, um, with, with, with talking with some people, um, that, like I was saying earlier, like we, I might not understand you, what it is that you're going through, but God does like, obviously like we can't talk to God physically. Like we can't verbally hear him or anything like that, but like and to other people have gone, talked to the experiences that they've been through, like having God as a Christian, knowing that God is on your side, knowing that you could rely on God for your depression, I think is really an upper hand being a Christian because it's something it's, something that brings relief something that alleviates things that's that's literally out of this world something that clinically can't happen does happen and i think in that sense as a christian we have an upper hand knowing that we do have a god that cares for us and that loves for, that loves us yeah things might not happen like like you might not get out of that depressive state for for weeks maybe maybe it could even be a, it could even go into months but knowing the fact that God is there and God is going to help you, I feel like sometimes that could help alleviate the, the, the mental experience of depression and knowing like give you a, give you a little bit of hope knowing that God is on your side. That's go ahead, Martin. Go ahead. No, I'm, um, I was, I'm honestly just listening to what everyone's saying. Uh, um, I, with every situation, with every person, um, I think uh, the levels of depression, I think we've already established that, that they're all different, mm. you know, um, for the Christian, ex in, the, in the Christian experience, um, I agree with Jason, I think we have an advantage, um, because we have that hope, right, that most mm. people don't have, you know, um, they're looking either to themselves or to other people. And sometimes, you know, we know, people fail, other things fail, right, to give us that, that hope. Um, there are Two quotes that I want to share with you. Um, this is a, this is actually in the book called "The Voice in Speech and Song," and this is in the mm -hmm. chapter "Hope and Encouragement," um, chapter thirty-one. There are souls who err, and who feel their shame and their folly. They are hungry for words of encouragement. They look upon their mistakes and errors until they are almost driven to desperation. Instead of, and I think this is where um, we've, we, we mentioned before where sometimes, and I think our church has done this mistake mm. um, because either we've have heard it or we've said it to other people. 
um, which has been a mistake. And if anybody that has listening to us has heard this, please forgive us for saying this, um, that, you know, uh, it's that we tend to be a little, a little harsh, you know, oh, well, you just gotta believe, mm. you know, because one thing it's easier, it's easier said than done. You know, yeah. I think, I think we can all agree with that. Um, and this is what it says, uh, um, uh, the quote, uh, instead of reproving and, and condemning and taking away the last rays of hope that the son of righteousness sheds into their hearts, let your words fall as healing bomb upon their bruised soul. Um, there's another one that says, uh, and this is um, in that same chapter for the remedy of the, for depression. Um, we cannot afford to be in any way a hindrance to others. Each has his own particular temptation and trial. And I think we can even add it. Uh, each has their own well level of depression, right? And we are all to stand in a position where we can help and strengthen the tempted. We are to encourage and if possible, lift up uh, those that are weak in the faith. By speaking of the promises of God, we may sometimes remove depression from the midst of those who are in trial and difficulty. And, and I believe, and I believe that wholeheartedly, not just in, from the medical point of view, but also from, from a, a, a leader, a religious point of view, our words can be power. If we give them, give people encouragement, you know, remind them of the promises of, of God, remind them what God can do. Because I mean, the beauty of social media, there are so many of these feel good videos that you have people that fell into all sorts of depression, clinical depressive states, and, and even to the yes. point of suicide, where they say, you know what, they held on to the Lord, right? Or, or they received those words of, 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 uh, um, of encouragement, you know, they, they were, they were, they were, they were lifted up by, by, by friends, by, by family that were encouraging, patiently speaking love and, 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 and hope and hope and hope where they were brought out of that depressive state. Um, I think because we live in a fallen world, depression attacks all of us. It could attack us on, in a mental state, you know, when it comes to a chemical imbalance in our brain or, or in the sense of spiritual warfare. Are we all involved in this in this in the spiritual warfare? Absolutely. But can it can it can they be harder on some uh, than on others? Yes. Yes. Because we have the example uh, we mentioned Job, and, and don't uh, Job lost his family, but we sometimes forget the other person that lost her kids, the mother. The mother that spoke in such a way, maybe she was trying to deal with her loss as well, and mm -hmm. that's why she spoke in the the way she spoke. You know, um, David, David, I think even even as a musician, I, you know, um, I, I know plenty of musicians that deal, you know, there are very sentimental people. Right. And they express it through their music. And I think in the book of Psalms and, and, and uh, we can we can definitely see that 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 uh, um, that David dealt with or was dealing with moments of depression, not just because of what was going on with him, either what, when, he, when he was king or the turmoil that he was happening, uh, what that was happening in, in with, because of his life decisions or because of people were trying to take away his kingdom like his sons. Um, but he had moments where, 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 where just the, the penalty of sin was causing him to fall into a depressive state where he needed he needed to be reminded of what God has done for him. 
That's why, I mean, I mean, uh, I think Andrew touched uh, Psalms 143, but we, we don't need to go too far. Psalms 142. Psalms 142 says, I cried unto the Lord with, with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord that I make my supplication. I poured out my complaints, right? Um, uh, before him, I, 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 I shooed before my time of trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, that, that thou knewest my path. And the way within what I walk, uh, I walk, have they privately laid the snare for me. I looked into my right and there was no man. The refuge failed me. So this man was looking for an out and he couldn't find it. But then I love what he says. I cried unto the Lord, verse five. And I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. After unto my cry, for I am brought very low, deliver me from the persecutor. For they are stronger than I. And, and, and we see that David, like he, he wrestles with his, with what's going on, but he wrestles, he brings God into that fight. And I, and, and, yeah. and, and that, ha, I, I think we can see in, in David's, in David's struggle that he used God as his shield, but he also cried to God as that shoulder that he needed to, well, to cry on. So, so can I, can I say something? Cause we've, we've quoted a, we've quoted David. A number of times now um we all agree that he either had moments of depression or actually fell into some pretty serious depression i think that's very clear in his writings um uh, I'm, I'm hearing what you guys are are reading in psalms 142 143 you guys heard what i read in, in psalms 38 and i almost feel like a lot of the things that he's feeling are, are coming from two different perspectives one he feels that he is about to get killed Mm-hmm. And by his enemies, and this is Psalms 143 specifically, goes into this idea of being persecuted. Now, whether that's the devil or its actual enemies, he seems that he's perceiving that it is an enemy that is using his enemies against him, right? And I think that a lot of times we we experience that, right? We feel like the world is against us. We feel like you know things are just not working out. It's almost like someone's working, at, um, uh, just trying to make sure everything's difficult for us. I think that's what uh, Andrew had mentioned earlier. But 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 now let me ask you guys, what about his other depression where it comes literally from his guilt? Mm. Because because let's let's be real. Right. Uh, he committed some pretty serious mistakes in his life. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because generally speaking, from our perspective in the church, we deal with this concept of guilt many times. Right. And I would even venture to say that one of the reasons why depression is not expressed openly enough in the church is because of guilt. The moment that you say something like that, you're going to either get criticized. You're going to be told that you are not strong enough. You're not, you're not, you don't have enough faith as you guys have already mentioned, or that it is possibly that, that, that you did something wrong. This is, and I'm, and this came up when you, when Martin, when you mentioned uh, Job and specifically his wife, his wife tells him you should die. But the reason why his wife is telling him that is because they are all convinced his wife and his friends are convinced that Job did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're using guilt against him that in my opinion would not help Job at all. Right. Mm-hmm. He's wondering why is this happening to me, Lord? And they're telling him it's your fault. How many times at church? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is our reaction. It's your fault. You mm-hmm. are the problem. Mm-hmm. And tell me if I'm going through a moment of depression, by the way, guys, God forbid that me as the pastor of a church 
goes up and tells the church, my dear brothers and sisters, please pray for me because I'm going through depression. Can you imagine the amount of criticism I would receive being called a faith leader, but it, but confessing that to people? But there are examples. And I think uh, last year, or if not, if not this no, uh, last year, or at least in the last few months of pastors that took their life because yes. they, they said nothing to no one. And not, and some of them, even their wives didn't know that they were going through this. Right. Right. So it, 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 it it, it, I mean, there could be other pastors that are, that are watching that can be in this depressive state. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I just want to read one verse and just kind of get your reaction on this. I, I, the Galatians chapter six, verse two always rings in my mind about what a church should be like. Uh, Martin, you talked about a place, you know, where we talk in love, in grace, et cetera. A Galatians six, two says, bear one another's burdens. Mm hmm. By the way, and it says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We fulfill the law of Christ when we bear each other's burdens. But I'm going to tell you, man, there are some moments, honestly, where at it going into church, you don't tell anybody about your burdens. Now, Andrew, we go into that, in, into that idea of, no, you shouldn't tell anybody. The only person that you should tell is God. And then we wonder why our spirituality is so low at times or why we suffer so much with this issue of depression. I think we have a problem. Mm -hmm. in the congregation itself yeah and, and it's sad that the that the church where it's supposed to be this place where we can come to and help and express ourselves openly and and, and we 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 as a christian church uh, we say we are the hospital right mm -hmm. where we can come in and tell each other about our mm -hmm. problems but what you said that example you said is huge to hear a pastor come and say i'm dealing with depression it would almost send the the church into a yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it would send spiral, it to go. It, it would be over. It, it would be a spiral. Like, I don't know what would happen if something like that happened. And yet that is where we should feel the most comfortable at. Right. And, and we exactly what you said. Why is it that depression is something that is so hard to spot and the people that are closest to you? Because sometimes they might feel judged or they might feel like they can't come out with something. Mm. And yes, there. I think there are depressions where we bring it upon ourselves. There could be financial decisions, poor decisions that we bring financial depression upon ourselves. There's certain decisions that, yes, we bring the guilt, or maybe it's something that we did that we knew we weren't supposed to do, and we bring it upon ourselves. But we're not going to go and, and say, as a church, as those who are supposed to love each other, as brothers, even if that brother, it was a cause of his own fault, right? Is God not there for them? Also, is that mm. are, are we not all uh, 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 making uh, make faults? We all have faults. We all have uh, 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 make mistakes. Isn't this what this is all about? This Christian walk, so right? Where a, we, should, we can there. come out about these things. That goes with what, what Andrew just just mentioned, um, because he mentioned you know we're all broken, we're all mm. sinful, we're all struggling, right? Yeah. And we know we we have a book complete with struggling people, right? So why is it, why is it so hard for us? No, no, no. Could it be, you know, like depression, right? Usually uh, when we see all these, all these pictures and memes, it's someone that's giving you a false uh, picture of themselves when in reality, you know, they're, they're suffering, right? And it could be any, any, any level of that depression. They're, they're giving you a, a, a false face, a mask, they're wearing a mask. Could it be that as a church, the reason why we can't handle when someone tells us, hey, you know what, I'm struggling, is because we haven't dealt with the struggle that we ourselves are going through. That, 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 oh. Exactly yeah. what, I was, what I want to bring up. We always talk about God forgives you, God forgives you. But I think sometimes some of the problems, it's not so much that we don't know that God forgives us. 
It's the fact that when we do make mistakes, we hold that guilt and we don't forgive ourselves. Mm. I think that's a huge one. And in that sense, we put ourselves into a depressive state when we, from the beginning, we shouldn't have. Because once you know God forgives you of our sins, like who, who am I to not forgive myself? Yeah, like, and why, why isn't it that we can't talk about our struggle until we're out of that struggle, until we've conquered it? That's when we come out and say, oh, this is what I went through. But we can't talk about it when we're in that place. Well, we're going we have to talk it. about it when we're, we've already overcome it and we see it as a past, something that we've overcome, but we can't bring it up. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me say this, um, you know, because this is, this is what I've noticed. My experience, I've you know, been, been in church all my life. Uh, I've noticed four things that are very prevalent in many of our churches. And I'm going to speak for Hispanics, Seventh-day Adventist churches, because I don't know other ones, but this is what I've seen. Number one. There's a lot, there's a spirit of criticism in our churches, okay? A spirit of criticism. Criticism comes first before actually building up, right? We want to tear someone down before we actually build somebody up. There's also this idea, the very prevalent idea of perfectionism, right? You must be perfect. That is the goal. Uh, there's also a focus on sin more than a focus on the solution of that sin. Like we will preach a great sermon on sin, but very little on the solution. By the way, I remember preaching one sermon where we were talking about the grace of God and somebody came up to me and said, look, yeah, that was a nice sermon, but you didn't preach present truth. Why? Because I didn't hit hard enough because I didn't tell people how, how wrong they were. Right. And these are prevalent ideas. Um, and I think there is also we use guilt to bring people to God. Mm. Like we, we, we try to emphasize how bad you should feel. Oh, now that you feel the worst, now, now come to God, now come to Jesus. And although guilt, I believe there's an element of guilt that is necessary in our lives. If you do not feel guilty, you will not repent. The focus should always be on Jesus, not on the guilt. Mm -hmm. You asked the question, Andrew, why is it that it's always after we have overcome this and not during? It's because these things exist, man. Like literally, if these things were not there, I, I, I'll give you guys an example. Not too long ago, I went through a moment where everyone in my family was sick. Okay. Literally everybody in my family was sick. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. COVID-19 has attacked me. I was feeling down. And I, I know a lot of people know me right through the different churches that I've been to. I'm not saying thousands. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people, what 300, 400 people know me. I'm sure a lot of people at my church saw what I said when I said, Hey, you know, please pray for me. I can count you in one hand how many people actually called and said or texted me and said, Pastor, we're praying for you. Mm. That that little message encouraged me. I said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. But here's the thing. What happened to the other 245 members at my church? You, you understand? Now, if I'm the pastor and, and people are not praying for me, and perhaps they just didn't verbalize it, but I think it's more often than not, people just don't pray for someone. How much more someone else that's not the pastor? Right. How much more someone else that's just a normal member? Um, uh, let me let me just kind of throw this in here. Does Jesus not say blessed are the poor in spirit? Did Jesus not say blessed are those who mourn? Not at church, though. Not at church. That's not yeah. what we say at church. We don't say blessed are the poor in spirit. We say, man, you're poor in spirit. You're cursed. And I think that needs to change. And this is why I think this is such an important conversation, because it, it should open up our eyes and say, man, we, we need to change. We may not change anything on the medical side, but we can definitely start making change on the on the church side of things, which is where we're involved. 
You know, there's a verse that, uh, um, as you were talking, uh, Mitch, uh, reminds me, Psalms 34, 17 to 18, the righteous cry out, the, the Bible says, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their trials. The, it, he does, it doesn't say the, 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 the uh, or just notice the word, the righteous cry out. So that means that the righteous suffer. Mm. The righteous go through problems, mm. you know, um, and, right. and, 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 and verse 18 is the one that I love. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, so if we are not preaching that, I'm surprised we, we still have people coming to church. But, I mean, but, but but hold on, but Martin, but Martin, but why why is it that people are coming to church though? It's because again, we're using these other tools to scare them into this. I, I was watching a Sabbath school. Yes, I was watching a I was watching a Sabbath school this morning where they were literally talking about someone sending a message saying, "I'm afraid of the Book of Revelation." Hmm. Yo, the Book of Revelation was never written for so fear. Many times. Yeah, right. But guess what happens? Because of fear, we keep coming to church, but we never progress spiritually. And then, Andrew, to your point, Jason, to your point, you know what we end up doing? We fall into depression and we hide it from everyone else. And mm -hmm. we keep digging a bigger and bigger hole, but we don't dare extend our hand and say, somebody help me. Because, because we have created this culture that is toxic. Honestly, it is toxic mm -hmm. at times. And I'm speaking general. I'm assuming that there are some great people at church. I believe there are. But, but more often than not, this is what we see. It's what we saw in Israel. It's what we see now today. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, uh, I remember something that Gio quoted um, and, he, and he, he has this like in his book. I don't know if you guys ever seen him preach. He has like a little book of, of um, maybe now he has an, his iPad, but he has a little books of, of like certain quotes from, from the spirit of prophecy. One of them, it talks about how we use, right? We use prophecy. We use end of times. We use almost like we almost try to emotionally manipulate our brothers and sisters, right? We use that fear tactic. Mm. And, and, and oh, Sister White addresses that. She addresses it with, with 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 the question at the end. I'll try to get it, you know, and try to po post it on the on the on the chat for people that, that want to read it. It says, "Is Christ uh, Jesus is sufficient?" That's how the quote ends. Yes. You know, if we are to attract people, we are should attract them because of who Jesus is, how Jesus loved, how Jesus dealt with people. Now, with everything else, everything else is a gimmick. If we talk about fear, if we talk about la bestias, if we talk about the plagues, if we talk about all that, and do not talk about Jesus, and I'll talk about how what Jesus can do for your life and my life, we miss the point of the Bible. T totally. Totally. Yeah. By the way, can I recognize, before you guys say anything, can I just recognize what Jaylene is saying? Because I think this was in response to why is it that I can't go in and say this, right? She says, mm -hmm. because you are scared of what they will think of you which curiously enough, right, can also lead to depression, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that everybody's going to criticize you and everybody's going to do this. So it's a problem. It compounds the issue. Uh, and then she says, and that's a mistake that we do. We didn't let them know we are there for them or tell them we are praying. Instead, we are the first to judge them. Yeah. Or, 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 or even just simply talk to them. How far does it go, Andrew, Jason, how far can it go just to listen to someone that's going through struggles? How far can that take us? Sometimes, sometimes just expressing your feelings to someone else is a, it takes a burden off your shoulders. Like, like I've heard it so many times, like, Oh, like, I don't want you to talk to me. I just want to listen. Like in like different examples or even like in movies and stuff like that, don't talk, just listen. Sometimes as a Christian, 
we just talk, 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 talk. We don't let the other individual talk. It's that just a presence that they, all they need, you know, just and that ear, ear to, to listen. Yeah, exactly. And, and as a Christian, like Matthew 11, it talks about Jesus saying like, look, come, come to me. My, my yoke is, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So as a Christian, how am I not going to try to provide that same thing for someone else? I'm like, Hey dude, come on, talk to me. What's the problem? Like, what's, what's up? What's going on with you? Talk to me. What's bothering you? We don't do that. Instead, we ask, we, we, fi we figure out through somebody else that that person has an issue. And instead of like, hey, look, so this is going on. Like, what can I do to help? We start judging him. Maybe that person even told us a story wrong of what's going on with that person's life. And we straight up start judging them. And next thing you know, the whole church is shaming them. And you think that's not going to cost an individual to go to go into depression? You think that's not going to want them to leave the church, to stop congregating there? It's so many little things that we as a church have got to fix. And I, I don't think there is, I mean, we were talking about Hispanic churches, but it's not just an issue in a Hispanic church. I only know Hispanic churches, bro. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. saying. But I, like, I personally <laughs> don't think it's just an issue in Hispanic I you, though, Yeah. I think yeah. it just, it globalizes in the church, period. Yeah, we're so quick to judge before helping somebody out. Yeah, like some sense. sometimes, like even when I've been driving along the side of the road, for instance, like I see someone that, that that's pulled over, like you could tell they have car issues, and like before I just to be like, oh whatever, like they have car issues, they'll get it fixed. But as a Christian, my mentality should be, hey, can I help them out? Hmm. And it goes to see, if if that's what I think towards a stranger, why can I not think that with my own church member? How can I not think, hey, let me sure. go, let me go talk to him, see what's up with him. For sure. It's so, sure. something that bugs me big time. I, I think and I feel like that pushes people to depression is like when people get um uh, when they get uh what's the correct term? When they get disciplined in church. How many cases have we not heard that no one goes to check up on them? Yeah, yeah well, discipline yeah. is supposed to help as opposed to hinder, but more often than not, it hinders and does not help. So exactly. And it's yeah. the same thing because we don't check up on the individual. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, it, it really like, it should be like, we should be that helping hand. Like we, we could easily tell when someone's going through something bad. It could either be through the verbal language, through the physical language that they, whatever their body does, we could tell when someone's, something is bothering someone. Why can't we just Jason, and ask them? Jason, I would, I would just push back on that though. I think that there are some cases where we can tell that someone is going through something bad but yeah. i think that in this day and age a lot of people are very good at that's hiding what I was say. exactly and that, that, that's that's what i wanted to go to if we could tell that with the people with the people that we can't why can't we just always have that like want to like check up on someone yeah like actually yeah. want to check up on them earlier today i was hearing a, a sermon sorry i just, i was hearing a sermon about love don't get, don't get angry don't get angry no, no, I'm good. I, was, I, was hearing, I was listening to a sermon about love I didn't listen to the whole thing, but to the last thing, it started talking about agape, how agape just circumferences all the other types of loves and it regulates all the other types of loves. And if we really are filled with agape love, even if we don't know if that brother or sister from church is going through something, because I'm filled with that agape love, I'm going to be like, hey, let, let me check up on them. Like, oh, I don't really talk to this person at church, but let me check up on them. Let me get to know them. It's those little things that could really help someone, especially if they're going to depression. Because a lot of the people that go through depression, like we were saying earlier, don't exhibit um, exhibit that they are or speak out about it. 
But if we really are filled with the agape love, we're going to care for that individual. And we're going to want to talk to them, whether they're going through something, or whether they're not. We're going right. to like, out of heart and out of love for them, we're going to want to check check up on them. You would think, you would think. But hmm. Andrew, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I think now in today's uh, age, it's, it's even harder to, to, to see who are those that are depressed, right? Harder to tell us in church uh, and even in your own family. You know, uh, Ellen White, actually, I have this quote. You know, we, uh, I was reading earlier about some of the depressing things that she, that she went through, you know, for months. It says, I concealed my troubled feelings from my family and friends, fearing that they could not understand me. This was a mistaken course. Had I opened my mind to my mother, she might have instructed, soothed, and encouraged me, right? Mm. I think this is huge, right? Because we think to ourselves, uh, if we look back at the definition, well, at least the definition I have here for depression, right? Feelings of severe, of severe despondency and, and dejection, right? Depressed state, low spirits, low spirits caused by loss of hope or courage, right? If those who are around us who are supposed to encourage us right out of those places of of loss of hope out of those places of loss of courage are around us and we don't bring those things out uh, in, in the open right how can someone bring us up how can someone lift us uh, up out of those places right um i love the verse that that mitch uh, talked about earlier right uh, i was actually going to bring this up right that jesus says blessed are those who mourn he uses mm -hmm. the word blessed are those who mourn right and it, it reminds me of uh, john 16 33 where it says I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tri tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, I, I think this, is a, this verse right here, I looked up the word take heart, right? And, and I looked into it a little bit more. It says to be courageous or to regain one's courage, right? To regain someone's courage. So in essence, it's telling me that someone has to lose courage in order for them to gain courage. So Jesus is saying, you will have tribulation. You will have moments of depression. You will have moments of low spirits, moments of loss of hope, moments of loss of courage. But he says, take heart, regain your courage. I have overcome the world. And those people that are around us that can help us uh, uh, regain that courage, right? We need to open up to those people right? We need to open up to our family. Those who are, you don't have to tell the whole world, just speak to someone about what you are going through. I know we all have that one person, that one confidant that we can go through. It doesn't have to be everyone and, and open your heart. I know this has helped me greatly in my grieving in many of the times uh, of depression that I have, you know, just going along uh, uh, what, what Mitchell was saying, right? In Matthew 5, 34, it says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted right? It, uh, it, it reminded me uh, uh, of an, uh, another verse. I think I have it here. Um, where No, I don't have it here, but it's, it's a psalm where David said, it's better to go to the house of mor uh, 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 mourning for therein the people see, uh, uh, for therein everyone's end is death. And then he says, and the living dwell on it, right? In essence, he's making the contrast between uh, uh, those who go to uh, uh, festivities and those who mourn, right? He said it's better to go to mourn, right? For their, the end of everyone is death. It says for those who are living will take it to heart, right? Because in that moment of suffering, that's why we say that Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn because there is a character that comes out of those low points. There is something that comes out of those places of low spirits, 
right? Mm -hmm. That we need to be brought out of. And I think that in Jesus, what he's saying here is, yes, you are going to go through those points, those places, those low places, right? But we need to bring each other out. And, and I think that it's important that uh, as Christians, we need to uh, uh, voice ourselves if we're going through any of this. Yeah, we got we got maybe like about um, like about seven minutes or so uh, to, to wrap up the conversation. Um, but I, I wanted to just kind of respond to what you were saying, Andrew. Um, I, I, to me, it's very interesting because you would assume that Jesus would say at that moment, blessed are those who mourn because I will wipe away your tears. But that's not what he says. In fact, the tears go away when we are in a new heaven and a new earth, according to the Bible, right? Uh, once, once we reach Revelation 21, 22, God ends up creating everything new. And then at that point, there will be no more pain, no more suffering. I think that scripture is very clear that part of the Christian experience is going to involve pain and suffering. It's going to involve high points. It's going to involve low points. The question isn't so much, are we going to experience that, right? I believe the question is, how do we cope with that? And, and this is where, you know, you get these, these moments where scripture says, Hey, blessed are those are uh, blessed are the, uh, are the, are the poor in spirit for, for what they're going to inherit the kingdom for they're going to be, they're going to be uh, consoled for, they are going to be blessed for, they are going to receive things. And so we keep thinking this world is tough to live in. Scripture is telling you it's difficult. That's just the way it's going to be. But, and, I, and, and, it's, and it's a great moment of, of inflection, right? We are right there and we say, oh, this is horrible. This is tough. And then we encounter God. And then we encounter Jesus who then says, yes, it is. And I'm here with you. And I'm going to be with you until the end. And I'm going to take you to a better place. But for now, as you go through the up and as you go through the down, I'm with you. There's a, there's a text that I think you guys know very well. Speaking of, um, uh, Martin, you had mentioned the temptation. Right, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Mm -hmm. Now it's talking about temptation for sure, which means testing, right? In in the Greek, but notice, but God is faithful, and that and that and to me that just that moment, think about it, right? There's no you're going to get tempted, but God is faithful, and so the idea is as you are facing this, remember God, right? And He says, "Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape." And it's important that you may that you may be able to bear it, bear it. In other versions, it'll say endure. Mm. And I think that's the key. What God ends up doing is he says, oh, you're feeling down. I know what that feels like. Because Jesus at moments looked at his disciples and felt down. There were moments where Jesus cried. There were moments where Jesus was looking up to heaven and he couldn't feel like the father was with him. And so God says, I got you. I'm going to give you the ability to endure this, but this will not kill you. This will not define you. I'm going to help you through that. And I think this is where faith is so important in all of this, right? Because faith essentially tells you, look, trust God, not so much that tomorrow miraculously it's all gone, but that he's going to give you the strength to be able to keep pushing even while you're dealing with all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention that verse, and I'm so glad that that you mentioned that, that you know, because as we were talking about this, right, we kind of separated into two different depressions, right? And we haven't talked about the clinical depression, right? We left that to the side. But I wanted to mention for that short, uh, for those maybe that are tuning in that maybe have that clinical depression, just a, a, a word of encouragement and uh, of hope, 
you know, uh, just the, 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 the verse that Mitchell was, was saying here, you know, if we have, you know, been placed in, in, in with that burden on our hearts of, of having that clinical depression, we know that uh, some people are, you know, are, are born with certain defi de deficiencies. We're born in different ways. God has given a different burden to every person, right? But just as as uh, uh, Mitchell was reading uh, in this verse, you know, God has never given us something that he didn't think we could handle, right? Maybe someone who's listening today has clinical depression and God has given, has given that burden to you. And it's something that I, if God would have given to me, I probably wouldn't have been able to handle clinical depression. He has given it to a certain person, you know, because God does not give us something that we cannot bear, right? And the Bible says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything, right? If we're feeling this, this, this sense of depression and, and condemnation of ourselves or, or whatever it may be, God knows our hearts. He knows everything that we go through. He won't give us something that we can't bear. Different people are given different burdens, uh, Ellen White writes here in this quote, and I think this is huge, just to end this right here, it says, despondency, right, or depression, as it, we were putting it, depression may shake the most heroic faith and weaken the most steadfast will, but God understands, and he still pities and loves. He reads the motives and the purpose of the heart. Heaven will not fail them in their day of adversity. Nothing is apparently more hopeless yet more invincible than a soul that feels its nothingness and relies wholly on God. For those of us who are, maybe you are going through a clinical depression where you are completely helpless. She says here, even if you are completely helpless, you can be even more invincible if you, your soul feels nothingness and relies wholly on God. I think that is huge. It doesn't mean like uh, like Mitchell was saying that God is going to remove that depression from your life, that clinical depression from your life, and that he's going to remove those burdens. It might be like Paul, where he says, my grace is sufficient, right? He has given those burdens to us. But if we cling to God, wholly on God, right, we will be able to cope with it, not get rid of it. Maybe we will just be able to cope with it. And I think those points are, are, are huge. Absolutely. We have like two minutes. So. Uh, let's try to wrap this up. I know there's so much more to talk about this, uh, but you know, it's just, this is just the way the time works. Um, but, uh, very quickly, uh, and as quickly as you can, if someone comes up to you, a young person comes up to you and says, Hey, um, I know someone that I believe is feeling depressed. What should I do? Uh, what advice would you give this young person? Um, you know, what, what, what would you tell them? How can we be of help to someone who may be feeling depressed quickly? I think um, it's good that they, that they open up. Let's, let's, yeah, actually, let's start with Martin real quick. Let's start with Martin, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> no, Martin. Um, I think it's, uh, uh, if a young person comes and tells that they know someone, um, well, I think one of the first things we must do is start praying for that person. Hmm. We, okay. we have to, we have to. This is, this is again, uh, something that I think we, we're all, we could all agree on, that we must lift them up in prayer and give them words of encouragement. You know, okay. um, and then from there, uh, we need to start getting them that, that help, whether it be something clinical or something sure. uh, psychological or spiritual. But every person, I mean, needs that help, needs that support, needs to know that they are not alone when they face this. So we we have to tell them, look, OK, it's good that, you know, um, uh, OK, so I don't know, get, get to find out more information, because sometimes we only lead ourselves by what other people say. And don't find out uh, the information first firsthand. Perfect, uh, Jason. What were you saying? 
No, I was saying, I was saying like, don't leave them, don't leave them alone. Because when you're alone, that's when that's when your own mind is your worst enemy. So don't leave them alone. Try to always be as encouraging as possible, mm-hmm. and always pray for them. That's the, that's probably always the best thing that we could do is just keep on praying for them. Sure, sure. Andrew, what would you say? Yeah, uh, prayer is huge. I just wanna I'll, I'll say a verse. Second Corinthians uh, one three through four says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies of God." Uh, and of God of all comfort, who comforts us in all the tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted from God. You know, I know in my own experience that the passing of my brother and the whole situation, how that happened, that after that, I was able to comfort someone who was going through a similar situation, someone that was grieving through that situation. I, I understood that there was a time for silence. There's all kinds of things that you learn through your moment of suffering that you can help someone else. So what I would say is if you've been through a situation that's similar to that, that you can comfort them, share those words. And if you don't, then pray for that person and send them to someone that has been through that, that can help them and can comfort them. Absolutely. And, you know, if the question were to come to me, I I agree with you guys 100%. I believe prayer is very important. I would even encourage you to ask the person, can I pray for you right then and there? Uh, you would be surprised how many times the person says, absolutely, yeah, that's fine. And that one prayer can make a difference. The other thing is uh, sometimes it's just a matter of listening to the person. Uh, if you want to be of help, just begin there, right? Uh, it's you, not that you may have the solution. You may not have uh, the, the fix to the problem, but you can definitely go in and say, hey, let me hear you out, right? I'm here. You can tell me anything. Uh, uh, one piece of advice, though, whatever that person tells you, take it with the utmost amount of confidentiality. The mm, moment you break that confidentiality, yes, absolutely. The moment that you break that could be you may have been the very last person that they talked to, but yeah. as soon as that is broken, that person may have no one else they may be able to trust. So make sure that you take it as serious as Martin said, right? Um, understand that these are serious issues and be as confidential as possible, no matter what it is that is told yeah. to you, right? And, um, you know, and we hope that, uh, that uh, you can be of help to many. That being said, guys, look, I'm like sweating here. That was a tough conversation, uh, not the easiest to handle. But thankfully, uh, I believe that we got some good out of this. And I'm hoping that some of those who were here present and or who will watch us later will also get some good. All of you who are watching us, I want to remind you, please, please share this conversation with others. We need to bring awareness of this issue. Someone out there needs to hear this message and be able to say, hey, I'm going through something like this. I, I need to do something about it. That being said, we're going to wrap it up. Um, uh, Jason, I know you prayed initially, right? So we're just going to jump right on top of the screen. Andrew, will you end today's conversation in prayer? Of course. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we're thankful that um, even though uh, we started a little bit earlier that we were able to continue these conversations, you know, it's hard to, to, to do these conversations with everybody's schedule, but we, we think that these conversations are important. We think that these topics are important. We think that uh, when we think when we talk about things like depression, there's something that um, a gravity and, and that that, that and um, a seriousness that has to be taken in account with with subjects and topics like this, Lord. And and we realize that that we're not uh, doctors and that we're in no way uh, um, in some in some places incapable uh, uh, of answering certain things, Lord. But we know, Lord, that uh, you are the doctor of doctors, Lord, and that hopefully through this conversation. 
uh, we were able to impart some type of healing, some type of encouragement to those that are going through a, a, a depression, uh, whether it be uh, severe, mild, whatever it may be, Lord. You have given us all different burdens uh, to carry, Lord. And uh, only you know why you've given us those burdens, Lord. And we just ask that, not that you take it away, Lord, that you just allow us to cope with it and always put you at the forefront, Lord, because without you, we would not be able to deal with these things. Lord, we ask for your presence uh, and on all the listeners that are going to be uh, hearing this in the future, Lord. We just ask um, that this may have been of some help. Lord, we ask for your spirit now uh, as we continue in your Sabbath. We ask all this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Andrew, thank you so much for that. Everybody else who watched us today, thank you so much. Um, and we hope to see you soon. We now have some more information coming out during the week. We do want you to find, find our Keep Calm and Advent on YouTube page because it is live. The thing is, I can't find it. So uh, we're going to bring you guys the link, okay? Because obviously there are so many other things in YouTube. We'll bring you guys the link. We'll put it up on our Instagram. That way you can find it much, much easier. Um, also, also very important, we will be switching to live conversations or to recorded conversations, but they will be happening on that channel. So please find us, make sure that you connect with us that way so that you don't miss out on future conversations. Uh, guys, uh, you know, it's weird, but even when we're going through depression, I got five words for you. Honestly, keep calm and Advent on. Keep looking at Jesus. I'm serious. Best thing that we can give you as advice. We hope you have a great Sabbath. We'll see you guys soon. Amen.